In general, it's forbidden to waste truma. We spoke at length in previous parakim about how you can use truma. You have to eat or drink it, or maybe rub it on your body if that's the regular way. But certainly you are not allowed to waste it. However, we're going to bring an exception in our Mishnah. In a case where it would be dangerous to consume, then not only can you waste it, but in fact you will be obligated to waste it. And because of that, we'll go a bit sidetracked for the next couple of Mishnahs to discuss different dangerous activities which are forbidden because of their dangerous nature. So the Mishnah tells us that Yain shall Trumashaniskala, if Truma wine gets uncovered, and we'll see in a moment for how long it needs to be uncovered, but if it's uncovered for long enough that a snake or some other venomous creature could drink from that wine, then Yeshofeich, that wine needs to be poured out and gotten rid of, because if the snake drinks from that wine, it's very possible and likely that as it drank from the wine, it also issued some venom, some poison into that wine, so if you drink the wine, the then you might be poisoned. So since this is a danger of life, certainly you're allowed to destroy and waste the trimmer in such a case. And obviously it's needless to say that if the wine was chulin wine, then certainly it needs to be poured out. Says the Mishnah, There are three different liquids which are forbidden when they are uncovered. And as we saw just now, it, this applies to both trimmer and chulin. Water, wine and milk. If those are left uncovered, then snakes would drink from these three liquids, and therefore these would need to be poured out. However, the rest of the liquids, all other liquids would be permitted even if they are left uncovered, because snakes and other poisonous creatures don't tend to drink from other liquids. And now the Mishnah asks, How long do they need to wait as uncovered in order for them to be forbidden? Says the Mishnah, Enough time for the snake or another one of these venomous creatures to come out of a nearby place, the yishter, and drink from that liquid. And it's talking about where you leave it uncovered and you go away from it. If you're watching the liquid, then of course it's okay, because you know that a snake did not, did not drink from it. But if you leave that liquid and you're not watching it, so in that case, if it's uncovered for enough time for a snake to come and drink it, then it would become forbidden. Mishnah Hay. We're now going to see an exception to the rule of Gilui, to this prohibition of drinking a uh, liquid which has been uncovered. And that is if there's so much liquid there, that even if a snake did come and drink from it, and it did issue some poison or venom, and there is now poison in this liquid, nevertheless, because there's so much of the liquid, the liquid cancels out the poison, and the poison can't have an effect, because it's so minimal compared to the entire liquid. So the Mishnah says that Shira Hamayim Hamagulin, the measure, the amount of uncovered water, that there would need to be, that it would be permitted, is Kadesh Amara. It's if there is enough water that the venom would be lost in it, meaning it would be neutralized and its effect would be cancelled out, so then it would be permitted to drink it, and therefore, if it was trimmer, you would not be allowed to pour it out, because it's fit for drinking. Now, Rabbi says that Bakalim, if the liquid is in a utensil, for example, if let's say the water is in a cup, or even if it's in a large jug, Kolshehain, then any amount of water which is in the jug is not good enough to cancel out the effect of the poison. So Rabbi is basically disagreeing with the previous opinion, and he holds that however much water there is, it cannot cancel out the poison, or at least we need to be concerned that the poison was not cancelled out, and therefore it would still be dangerous to drink that, so it needs to be poured out. 
However, if the liquid is running on the ground, or even if it's in a sort of container, but the container is the ground itself, so a sort of hole in the ground, then our boim sa'ah, then if it's 40, if there are 40 sa'ah of the water, then that's enough that we can assume that the poison has been cancelled out. One explanation of this could be that the ground is, is typically quite cold, and that contributes to cancelling out the poison, and therefore you can only assume that when the liquid is in the ground, that the water, uh, or that the liquid cancels out the poison, but otherwise, the liquid won't be cold enough, and therefore, we need to be worried and concerned that it is not yet cancelled out, and because it's even a doubt, even in a doubtful case of a danger to life, even then, it needs to be poured out. And you're allowed to waste trimmer, even if it's only a doubt as to whether it's a danger to life, and therefore, contribuasi, if the water is in a utensil, then it's much less likely that it would cancel out the poison, and therefore it needs to be poured out. Mishnah Vov. The Mishnah now um, discusses another dangerous occurrence, also to do with food, and that is Nikure Se'enim. Holes or piercings in a fig. This is referring to when a fig has a hole in the side of it, a small hole. The Anovim, or if grapes have this hole, the Kishuin. This is some sort of melon. The Hadaluin, or gourds, the or watermelons, the Hamalafafonos. This is also another sort of melon. In all these cases, the fact that there's a piercing in the side of the fruit suggests that an animal or a worm could have entered the fruit. And if that particular en- animal which entered the fruit or took a bite into the fruit, if that animal could inject venom, then we need to be concerned that there is now poison in this fruit. And therefore, Aflihim Kikar, even if they weigh a Kikar, which is a unit of measurement of weight, whether the, whether the hole which is in the side of the fruit is a large hole or a small hole, whether this piercing occurred whilst the fruit had been detached already, or even whilst it was still attached to the ground, if there is any moisture in the fruit, so that means if it's a type of fruit which is typically moist and sort of wet on the inside, then also the entire fruit is forbidden. Because since the fruit is moist, the venom typically would spread across the whole fruit and be mixed with the entire fruit. The halach is, however, if it was not a moist fruit, if it was totally dry, then only the part of the fruit where it has a hole is forbidden. So if you cut that part of the fruit off, then the rest of the fruit would be permitted, because in that case we do not need to be concerned that the venom spread across the fruit. It would only do so if the fruit was moist. Alright, now the Mishnah ends off that on a shuchas hanachos asura, an animal which was bitten by a snake is forbidden to eat, even if you slaughter it properly. It's forbidden to eat because of the danger to life which is involved in eating it. Because when a snake bites an animal, it injects venom into it, and the venom would usually spread throughout the animal. So to eat any part of that animal will be considered dangerous and therefore forbidden. Mishnah Zayin, we now return to the subject of Gilui, when liquids are left uncovered for enough time that a snake could come and inject venom into that liquid. And the Mishnah wants to know, what is the halacha in a case where somebody pulls that liquid which has been uncovered, he pulls it into another utensil, but through a strainer, through a sort of sieve. And by doing so, the hard parts which are left at the bottom of a wine, the dregs don't go through the sieve, 
and they're left above. So the Mishnah wants to know if we can assume that the poison also did not go through the sieve. Hamashmeres Shalyain, says the Mishnah. A strainer of wine, meaning if somebody strains wine which was left uncovered, and he strains it while he pours it into another utensil, Asuramashim Guli, it remains forbidden because of Gilui. Meaning, we do need to be concerned that the poison also went through the strainer with the rest of the wine. However, Rabbi Nechemia Matir, says it's allowed, and the reason for this is because the poison would sometimes go through, and sometimes it wouldn't. And typically, if the wine was stirred before it was poured through, then it would go through. So the mission is discussing a case where it was not stirred, and the question is, do we need to be concerned in that case that it went through? So according to the Tanakama, yes. Because often, even if it wasn't stirred, it would still go through the strainer. However, contra Nechemia, it was uncommon, and therefore you do not need to be concerned, so if you put it through the strainer, then you can assume that the poison stayed above the strainer and did not go into the next utensil, so you would be allowed to drink that wine from the second utensil.